Hello, and welcome to And Let's Be Heard for Friday, November 18th, 2022. I'm Micah Chopley. All right, end of another week, big Friday show. I'm still here in Florida, the free state of Florida. As uh, Governor Ron DeSantis said, the state where woke goes to die. The state where woke goes to die. It wouldn't be nice to have a country where woke goes to die. I think that would be fantastic. A country. How about a free country? A free country where woke goes to die. That would be nice. That would be nice. Um, well, what to talk about on this Friday? What to talk about? You know, when we talk about this whole DeSantis-Trump thing, and as I said on yesterday's show, being at the Fox Nation Patriot Awards, I was trying to get kind of a feel of the crowd. And yeah, it takes place in Hollywood, Florida. So it is the, it is the state of Ron DeSantis. So you, you figure most people, most people, um, are from Florida. Some people travel from other places, but you figure most people were probably from the area, right? So if most people are from the area, you're getting, you know, the state of DeSantis, also the state where Donald Trump lives, Mar-a-Lago, which is not very far from here where I am right now. Hey, Donald, can I spend the weekend? Um, but I tried to get a feel of, you know, the crowd, like who was a DeSantis person, who was a, who was a Trump person. And the only real feel I got was that people were open to both. That's the feel I got that whenever they were mentioned, there was no booze for one or the other. They were both clapped. They, they were just claps for both of them. So my feeling is the crowd right now, obviously right now, we're talking two years away from the election are open to both of them. Now, my feeling is once once uh, there's a primary season going and both of them are in and going up against each other, that's going to change. That will create divisions. So I'm sure we'll see more division among Republicans once there is once DeSantis is in. He's not even in yet. Right. So once he's in and they're talking and they're running ads and they're debating and they're arguing and Trump's doing his thing, and there'll be divisions, no doubt about it. Um, so, you know, trying to get a good feel between now and then on if, if someone's a Trump person or a DeSantis person is not easy because, you know, except for those people, except for the Trump derangement syndrome, people, the Trump derangement syndrome of the right kind, the people on the right have uh, an undying love for him. Those people are basically saying it's got to be him, right? It can't be DeSantis. And the reason those people with that TDS will give is that DeSantis is an establishment Republican. Oh, he's so establishment. He's of the establishment, not the outside, you know, whatever. People say things, they don't even know what they mean, really, right? They say these things that this supposedly very powerful. Oh, he's on the he's in the insider Republican, not the outsider Republican. So I don't know what that really means. Uh, but people with Trump derangement syndrome on both sides, on the left kind, the right kind, all say crazy things that don't really make any sense. So, you know, that's where we're at there uh, with those people. But except for those people, most people are very open. Most people are very open to both of them, you know, running and, and would be happy with either of them winning. Like I said, I think this will change as we as we go along. But, you know, as we go through, as we go through the upcoming weeks and months, and I'll, I'll generally ask people who is, you know, who they're who they're thinking of voting for, which one they would vote for. Obviously, 
when the primary comes to your state, you're going to have to vote. You have to choose, right? So we have to choose one or the other. You can't vote for both of them. We're not ranked choicing this thing. So um, it'll be interesting to see what happens, what what people think, you know, as we as we move along. Um, I mean, obviously, I have made myself clear that I'm a DeSantis guy, you know. Uh, and now, of course, we need to talk about what happened today, which the special uh, Merrick Garland uh, naming the special investigator who's going to investigate the documents that Trump had at Mar-a-Lago. Now, I've talked to a lot of people about this. And once again, the people with Trump derangement syndrome are the left kind think it's an incredibly huge thing. They, 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 oh, no, it's, but he had very important documents. He had these incredibly important documents. World War Three could happen. He had the codes. And you try to calm them down. You know, you try to calm them down and, um, and say, well, wait a minute. What, what, what kind of documents did he have? And of course, they, they don't know what kind of, top secret. No, no. You see that photo. It says top secret. Well, that was a photo. Once again, I don't trust anything that the mainstream media puts out there. That photo of all those documents lying around that said top secret, those weren't necessarily top secret documents. Those were folders that said top secret on it. That's all. We don't know what was in those folders. You understand? They were folders that said top secret on them. Doesn't mean there were any important top secret documents in there that had not been declassified. That we don't know. The folder says top secret, but the folder, the stuff inside can be declassified. Okay. So the media, of course, puts out this picture which is, of course, totally false and fake news. And, of course, the left, the people with Trump derangement syndrome of the left kind put out that they, they talk about that, of course, because that's what the left-wing media wanted them to do. They wanted them to go crazy from this photo, implying his guilt. But um, we're already many stories coming out saying that there were nothing really that important in there. They, were that, they weren't that important. Those documents weren't that vital where even if technically he wasn't supposed to still have them, there should have been any kind of a break-in, a, a FBI raid, when the documents are not important, right? I mean, if, if, there's, if there are documents in there that are supposedly top secret or not declassified, that talk about, well, today I'm meeting uh, Mike Pence for lunch at 3 o'clock and we're going to talk about blah, 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 it's ridiculous. Who gives a shit? And it happened already. Okay. See, there are things like that. And they still haven't even given us any idea of what these documents actually were. There's all this conjecture. Oh, yes, nuclear codes and nuclear war and things. But there's no proof of any of that, that these were top secret documents that could have caused a nuclear war if they got into the wrong hands or that people would, um, you know, uh, know our secrets if they got into the wrong hands. So, Obviously, on the outset, on the surface, this looks like another uh, attack against Trump, another witch hunt. The prior witch hunts didn't work, right? All of them. And someone listed them all today. There were like six of them already. Remember when Comey was going to get him, right? And then who else was going to get him? Avenatti. Remember when the, the left thought Avenatti was going to get Trump? Remember when the left put everything behind that shyster who's now in prison for several years? Why don't they ever talk about that? Do you notice no one ever talks about that? Now, I talk about that because I was a big Avenatti guy, and I admit I was wrong. Have you had one person on the left who, look, I was a big Avenatti guy. This was years before I had this podcast. So I was just a, 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 a average schlub who happened to like Avenatti. 
I had no power to influence people. How about all these people in the media on the left, like Lawrence O'Donnell and MSNBC, who had him on like eight nights a week, basically, for, for months and months and months. Did he ever apologize? Did these people ever apologize for having the shyster on and pushing him as the guy that was going to take down Trump? Now, that's the only reason why they had him on. Even they, they might have been, you know, a little... Even though I think Avenatti is a sociopath and was very good at fooling people like myself, because I'm not easily fooled by people. So if you fool me, you got you got it going for you. You got that sociopathy going for you. But um, I, I think so many people may have had a seed of, of doubt about him, but they liked him so much because he was going to take down Trump. They liked him so much because he was going to take down Trump, supposedly, somehow, or because he spoke tough against Trump. He stood up to Trump. I remember him saying that. Yeah, he stands up to Trump. Yeah, he doesn't take Trump shit. He gives it back to him because they're both sociopaths. So when you have, you know, I think Evan I is even a worse sociopath than Trump might be. But they both have those huge egos, right? Huge egos, huge egos. And so they went at each other a lot. And Evan Adi went out, went after Trump. And, um, and that's why the people on the left liked him and pushed him so much. Okay. But they've never apologized for that. They've never said what I've said, that I was fooled by this guy. And I never should have put him on. And the reason why I put him on the show all the time is because I wanted to get at Trump. Did they ever say that? Did they ever? No one's ever admitted to that, right? No, none of them ever have. So, yeah, Comey was going to get him, and then Avenatti was going to get him, and then someone, the other person was going to get him, and there's seven people that were going to get him. They never got him on anything. So now they're appointing this special prosecutor guy. They showed photos of him that look very weird. I guess he was at The Hague. That outfit he's wearing is frightening. I think it's a frighteningly fascist looking outfit. It may be the outfit they wear over there, but it looked very bizarre. He looked like he was out of like a, a Star Trek film. Like he, he looked like it was, a, it was like a, it's like Nazis combined with Star Trek. That's the outfit this guy looked like he had on. Not Nazi, Nazis, Nazis, uh, Nazis, it's like if, if Star Trek, let's see who's on, Brady, let me talk for a few, I'll put you right back on. Oh, where have you been, Brady? Haven't heard from you in a while. Um, it's like, yeah, it's like a combination of, of Nazis and, 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 uh, and, uh, and Captain Kirk. It was a very, very odd outfit. Very odd outfit. But anyway, this is the guy that's going to be supposedly looking into this in a fair and balanced way. Because you know that Merrick Garland is totally... You know, totally fair and balanced. I would appoint someone who's totally fair and balanced. Not, but this is so insane because not only are they not only are they investigating a former president, but now they're investigating a, now the presidential a leading presidential candidate. So he's a former president. who's also a leading presidential candidate, and these things often take a year, year and a half, right? So what's he going to do? Is this going to be another situation where they release all this information? in the middle of the presidential election in 2024, like three or four months before the presidential election, another election interference by our government, by the feds. How many, how many, are we going to have one of these every fucking election cycle? Every election cycle, we're going to have interference by the, by the feds, by the state department, by the FBI, because that's what we're getting the, the justice department, because that's what's happening again. So you can imagine that they're doing this and they're pushing this just a few days after Trump. Remember, they're pushing this now a few days after Trump. Think what the Democrats do. Okay, they wait till the election's over. They wait till the election's over to do this. They wait till Trump announces to do this. 
just a few days after he announces, just like they wait until a week after the election to start talking about masks again and mandates. They're scumbags. And I told you people this was going to happen. But with this Trump stuff, they wouldn't do it before the election because they didn't want that. They don't want to energize Republicans even more. So they wait till after the election. How curious that they do this just a few days after he announces he's running for president. So obviously they're doing it because they want to, they don't want him to be president again. All of this is all about the Democrats not wanting Trump to be president again. Okay. And obviously they have more faith in him winning than I do. I mean, I talk about how Democrat, I, I talk about how Gavin Newsom would beat him. Unfortunately, it would happen. I guess they don't feel that way. Maybe they understand and know that Joe Biden's going to run again, which I find to be mind boggling and that Donald Trump could indeed be Joe, beat Joe Biden. And he could, anybody could. So they don't want him running again. Okay. Which means they're putting more than they're putting more of their money on him winning than losing if he runs again. Because if they thought he was going to lose, they wouldn't care. But they're trying to, to stop him from running or at least hurt him. So people voting in the Republican primary say, you know what? Why am I going to go with this guy who can be indicted three months before the election? So this is what they're doing. It's obviously it's purely political. If you don't believe it's political, then you're a Democratic hack asshole, basically. Only Democrat hack assholes think this is a fair system, that this is not rigged. Of course it is. There's no doubt about it. It's all rigged. They, they just want to prevent Trump from running again. That's the idea. They don't even really want to put him in jail or sue him for money. They want to make sure he doesn't run for president again. I, I have a, I have a good feeling that if he had come out a few days ago and said, I'm not running for president, I'm backing DeSantis, they wouldn't have done, they wouldn't have done this. They would have said, oh, we've got our, we got what we wanted, which is probably the reason why Trump had to run for president because he's not going to give them what they want. He's not giving them the satisfaction of taking him down. You know, and then someone like me will even say, do you want a guy with all this baggage? He says they want, I guess. Maybe I shouldn't say that. They want him taken out. They don't want him running again because they are afraid he will win again. It's so simple. All you get to just put one and one and two together and another one and it's three. It all makes perfect sense when you know that the whole thing is rigged and the whole thing is designed just to get him not to run again. That's it. Um, you know, for other reasons, I'm a DeSantis guy, but that shouldn't be the reason I'm a DeSantis guy, that this rigged game that they're playing is hurting his chances of winning. I shouldn't play into that. I really shouldn't. And nobody should. Nobody should. So that happened, you know, today also. Um, and uh, after I go to Brady, I'm also going to read something about uh, Nancy Pelosi that was written last year by Glenn Greenwald, the summer of 21. Since And he put it back up again. And I'm sorry I missed this when he wrote it. But he put it back up again because Nancy is now saying she's not going to run for leadership. And she'll probably retire in a couple of years. And all these people are throwing these incredible accolades at her. Oh, she's wonderful. She's the greatest. She's the strongest. She's the toughest. And Glenn Greenwald writes about, oh, she also is the richest or now the, the sixth richest person in Congress. So we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Hey, Brady, what's up? What's up? My question is, how could you be for either one of these guys? God, haven't we gone through that a million times? It's the best thing about either one of these guys. Like, why, why wouldn't you select, like, an average American citizen for, like, a leadership position? Who's an average American citizen? Why don't you put, give, me, give me some names? Yeah, sure. Let's take uh, – you can maybe find a local guy who is either, like, on a city council, maybe doing a good job. Uh, 
Wait a minute. You think a guy who's a city council guy has the experience to be leader of the free world? Yeah, totally. No, totally not. Why do we do uh, this in politics? Brady, why do we do this in politics? Do you think a, 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 ner- a first-year nurse can do brain surgery? I mean, what, what in every other business or dude, a, a first-year second-year Cain, If Herman Cain can do minute, brain surgery, minute, anyone can do brain A second-year law surgery. school guy, a second-year law school Egyptians guy defending someone surgery. who's convicted of murder. Who's you know who's who's charged with murder? No, of course we don't do this with any other job, any other position. But in politics, we're like, yeah, uh, Joe on the street there, he could be president. Why do we do that, Brady? Probably for the why, same why reason. You, why uh, you do that? For similarly unrealistic reasons, like the way we drug test Walmart employees. I think if we're drug testing Walmart employees, we should at the very least be randomly drug testing all politicians and elected officials, not only elected officials but government workers. Anyone who's receiving a, a check from the government should be randomly and regularly drug tested. But we just made we just skipped subjects here. It's not the same thing. I, I think that's not a bad idea. You know, I don't think that has anything to do with having Joe Blow run for president. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that there's actually more that might go into it than drug testing. I mean, maybe when you're running for president, there should be other but that's what I'm trying to get at. Maybe IQ there should be a test high, like an IQ test, a cognitive, a cognitive functional Cognitive yeah, functionality so, test, yeah. Yeah, there could be that. I mean, maybe that needs to, maybe, maybe we can call it the Biden rule or the Trump slash Biden rule, right? Where we have to maybe start doing that in the future. If if 89-year-olds want to run for, look, there are a lot of things exactly. I can think of changing, which is that if you're over 80 or if you're over 70, you can't run for president. If you're Thank over you. 70, you can't run for a political position. Yeah, there should be a maximum age for real. Like, yeah, there's nothing that says a 99-year-old person can't just become president. No. Right. But, but you know what there is, Brady? A 24-year-old can't become a congressperson. Mm-hmm. A 34-year-old yeah. can't become a senator, right? Or president. So, or president. Or president. Yeah. A 29-year-old can't become a senator. So there mm-hmm. are rules, right? Yep. Yeah, there, there are minimum ages. So why isn't there a maximum? And people say, well, that's age discrimination. Okay. Then how about age discrimination against the 19-year-old or the 20-year-old? Exactly. Exactly. You know, so look, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of hypocrisy going on there and double standards. And I agree with it. And you and you and your your idea and my idea of making the maximum age, it actually makes more sense than a minimum age, doesn't it? Yeah, because it makes more sense than a minimum age. Yeah. Age. When you're, you're 21, you're right probably, about that. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you're probably in, in your prime when you're 22 than when you're 90. Right. Yeah. You see, as much as we disagree on, there's a lot that us American citizens really agree on, like fundamentally. It is just well, simply not being made available to us. Yes, as we talk through, that's why you say, all you got to do. So we, we came to these agreements in about three and a half minutes. Yeah. <laughs> so why can't Congress come to these agreements in 250 years? <laughs> right, right. And we disagree, we, we disagree with each other vehemently on, 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 on big things, big fundamental things. And still, here we are able to be like, oh, here's a very common problem. Oh, look, we just solved it and squashed it. Next. like. Yeah. And that's why I say we need random American citizens like you and me. I think uh, you're asking for names. You've earlier, convinced think, me. You can, you've convinced me, man. I'm going to run for president of the United States. There you go. Go for it, man. I would love to see that um, uh, as a write-in. <laughs> Just do it as a write-in. Until they thought opening the skeletons in my closet. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, well, well I can do it. Me. That's the end for me. <laughs> when, my skeletons hey, are mushroom convi- conviction. My biggest skeleton is a mushroom conviction. Oh, that's nothing. That's lame. I wasn't. I wasn't even convicted, actually. Even so, yeah. 
Yeah, that's that's the that's the. Did you ever? Weren't you gonna go to some uh, Beto O'Rourke thing? Did you ever go? Oh, I, I went, and Beto wasn't even there, and he did, <laughs> not only was he not there, but he didn't even answer questions at the event that he was attending. So he's completely feckless. Yeah, is that why he lost by twelve points? That's totally why he lost by twelve points. I mean, that's one of that's a that's a ma- that's one major reason why he lost by twelve points. He lost by more than than Joe Biden lost to that to, to yeah. Trump. Joe Biden lost the, by nine. Beto lost by twelve. There, Beto there's a lot of reasons for that. By, Beto keeps losing by larger margins every time he runs for another office. It's going the opposite way he's supposed yep. to go. Yep. You know, he, he you know he he really got. Um, it's too bad in a way that he got popular by by almost beating Ted Cruz because then he got such a big head and he decided, oh, I'm going to run for president. <laughs> that didn't go very well. And then he he's he's running out. What else can he, what else can Beto run for? We got we got president, we got governor, we got I guess he was Congress already. So what what can, what else can he do, Beto? Well, where else? Let's see. What else can he, he run? He for? can run into traffic for all I care. That's it. He could run into traffic. That's a, that's, that's, a, that's a that's a good idea. Yeah. So maybe yeah. maybe these Democratic politicians should actually answer questions. All politicians they should answer mm-hmm. questions and they should debate. Right. Yes. 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 I, yeah. I've never met a question I'm afraid of. I've never ran from a debate. You know. And well, of course, I've got no. I I don't have as much to lose as these guys do, though. That's something else to consider. Well, I got to ask you a question then. I'm going to put you on the line because it is the heading of the room and you came into the room. So if you if you were forced, if I put a gun, a fake Mm -hmm. gun, not a real gun. okay, it's not a real gun. It's a fake gun. Don't everyone out there in the woke society. Don't get nervous. I'm not putting a real gun to Brady's head. I'm putting a hypothetical gun to Brady's head. And I said, okay, DeSantis or Trump, who are you picking? DeSantis because he's younger. Ah, so that's look. He's younger. He's like forty years young. <laughs> yeah, simple, simple it's as like, that. He's actually like thirty-seven years younger. I think thirty-eight years younger. Than yeah. Donald Trump. So it, this is another thing. I don't, I don't understand. Well, I do understand the ego of people. In, in politics, they're all egos. They want to live, go on forever. They never want to quit. But um, and many of them don't. Many of them quit because they die in office. <laughs> but but uh, the ego of someone who's eighty years old. Are going to be 80 years old thinking maybe i should yeah it's a good idea for 80 year old runs again after we've had two back-to-back 80 year old presidents all Obviously. we need to do is execute the drug dealers that's very good fix all our problems and you can just go to the doctor for our medicine like normal hey when I, need, okay. when I want to do a trump impersonation you're going to come on that's a good trump impersonation <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I mean, it took me a while to get it. It was not. That's not an easy one to get down. It took me years to kind of almost get it. And people started saying, "Hey, you sound like Trump." I'm like, "Hey, man, all right, I guess I got it." <laughs> <laughs> well, everyone does it a different way. I have my own way. Of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just got uh, the trick is you got to do it like you're squeezing a turd out. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want. I don't. That's not a visualization of him. I want. That's. I can tell you that much. But I, I, I think that I think he's overstepped. I, I think he's overstepped it now. I mean, I, I don't think I really think he'd lose in a primary. I don't think he'd win this time. Donald, yeah, Donald. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I see, think here's the thing. Here's the thing. Here's what's going on, man. I'm gonna I'm gonna lace you in on my my theory, my political theory of the situation. That all of this is political theater to lead us into a civil war. They're gonna make it. They're gonna put a bunch of uh, uh, milk toast, uh, wet paper towel people against Donald Trump. And then one of these milk toast people is going to win in the election, 
and it's going to blatantly look like there is some cheating going on. That's going to be the powder keg situation to set off a bunch of these militiamen all at once. And then suddenly you're going to have a government response to these militiamen. These militiamen are going to be surprised to find the government's not on their side. And they're going to have a whole fucking civil war explode and ensue after that, dude. It's going to be weird and wild. Well, the thing with Trump is what should be interesting is, you know, he's okay with talking about how the Democrats fix elections, right? Election yeah. fraud. Is he, he going to talk like about to talk about the other side? Yeah. Is he going to do that if he loses the primary? That's the question. Is he going to say the establishment Republicans did this to him? Oh, and 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 cheated, and cheated. Oh. That's that's the question. Oh. What, what, are the what are the odds? What are the odds? There's a good Trump... chance that he doesn't lose either as well. There's a chance that he wins as well. You know. Well, that's why Democrats want to take him out. I mean, once again, if if if, if the prevailing odds were that he had almost no chance of winning, they wouldn't bother with all this stuff. But they know yeah. he's got he's got a He's got a powerful enough voice and enough of a, a rabid base that there's always a chance, right? There's always a chance. But I, mean, I think it's a small base. I think it's a dwindling base. I think it's a, in other words, I think it's the very, very, very loud minority. Especially the with the, the Jeffrey Epstein shit coming out. Like, uh, their new Jeffrey Epstein documents just dropped, I think, uh, this week. So uh, a judge ruled that they were not allowed to be kept private, that the public deserved to see them. So we have a lot more Jeffrey Epstein material to go through. And that could take down Joe Biden and Donald Trump in the next election cycle. This is going to be such a fucking wacky year coming up, man, because you can have the Republican Dude. House going after Biden. You have the Garland, <laughs> you have the Garland Justice Department going after Trump. I mean, mm-hmm. here you have here you have Congress going against the current president, probably run again, and you have the Justice Department going against the former president running. Mm-hmm. How crazy is this country? Really, think about that for a second. Well, it's crazy by design. You know, it's 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 been made that way by design. Um, look at the drugs were being prescribed. <clears throat> if you look at the drugs were being prescribed alone, that's enough to make people crazy. You look at the electromagnetic environment that we're induced in. That's enough to make people crazy. Uh, this is all crazy by design. You know, there's no denying that. If you look at it objectively, like from the whole picture perspective, it's like, oh, yeah, of course the humans are going crazy. You know, the, the, our food is making us crazy. Our water is making us crazy. <laughs> You yeah. know, uh, finding a place to live is making us crazy. Yeah. Uh, just paying our rent is making us crazy. You know? So yeah. there's, there's more than enough stuff going on right now to drive people crazy. I don't blame people for being crazy, but I do blame people for not, like you conservatives say, pulling themselves up by the bootstraps and figuring shit out because it's not impossible. You know, uh, stop, stop labeling me a conservative. <laughs> well, whatever. I hate uh, labels. What is it? With, if you, if you say crazy. anything nice about, uh, well, there's nothing wrong with being conservative, dude. I, I like being conservative. I have conservative aspects to myself. Well, that's what I mean. I I have, but that's it. But I wouldn't call you because I, I have conservative aspects. Some things I believe may may be called conservative. It, it, but that's like the, the policy. The policies of Donald <laughs> Trump are overtly more conservative than the norm. I've always thought that conservative and liberal really only applies mostly to economic stuff, such as the liberal Democrats usually want to tax and spend more, and the conservative Republicans usually want to do the opposite. 
They don't want to tax. They don't want to spend. They, they, they always talk. They always talk about like the future generations yeah. not being bankrupt. But you're so, making the you're making the mistake of taking the Orwellian definition of those words. See, if you take the words for what they really mean, um, there's a liberal and conservative aspect to sexuality. There's a liberal and conservative aspect to education. Liberal and conservative aspects to everything, and um, sometimes call for liberal. Uh, actions other times call for conservative actions it's all very nuanced and you should never be all one or all the other you should be a nuanced and balanced blend of the two dependent on the context of the situation no of course there's no doubt about that yeah yeah there's no doubt about i mean some people i think consciously take one side or the other right on everything yeah right they don't even think about the other they right yeah they consciously take one side but but there's also these stereotypical views of each which is like the, the stereotypical view of conservative is you know short hair jacket tie 1950s stick up the ass that's not necessarily right <laughs> yeah we got david de these days <laughs> qualifying as a conservative oh that guy well there's more coming out about that who knows about poor david uh poor david could be under some kind of uh, some of medication they may have shoved him yeah, some he, down he, he, i think he is mk ultra i think he is yeah i don't that's david, what you're suggesting yeah, and and we haven't even really seen much of that. We've seen photos of him and drawings of him, but is there a real person? Uh, yeah, of course there's a real person, dude. There's not only photos and drawings of him. But he's been involved in protests like throughout the years. Like he's no, a- no, no, no. I, once again, I, once again, I'm not, I'm not really totally into the idea of what do they call those uh, crisis actors and such. But uh, we've seen we've seen videos of him in the past, and they say this is David DePappy doing this stuff. But we, we haven't seen any current modern. We haven't seen any videos of him since this incident. Is what I'm well, saying. Because he's he's been a crackhead, meth head, like yeah. living on the streets, like living out of his car and shit like that. I mean, like he's he's not nearly as normal as he used to be. <laughs> like if he was ever normal, <laughs> like you know, um, he was certainly like at the end of his rope when all this happened. A lot of people are at the end of their ropes. A lot of people in there, or you know, it, or he, you know, sometimes, sometimes, uh, sometimes lovers' quarrels happen. You know, sometimes those things happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or, or, I mean, some, or sometimes, weird or sometimes it, there's a miscommunication with the client and the escort of how much money is going to be exchanged. That happens. Yeah. Too. Did you hear the new information about the case that just came out? Well, the one, the last thing I heard was that they, the, the body cam footage showed Paul Pelosi opening the door. Yes, yes. Right. And, and uh, MSNBC fired or, or they suspended a reporter for reporting exactly that. Oh, yeah, they, they, support, they, they, they suspended a reporter been there for 15 years and have any issues for yeah. putting up a story they say did lack the integrity of our journalistic integrity. You know what that means? He told, the tr- he told the truth for once. I saw the story. It was a perfectly fine story. He was reporting the facts. And he was right. Biased, he opened the door, biased. right? Wasn't, wasn't part of his facts that he opened the door? Yep, and that went against the narrative of the cops opened the door, right? Mm-hmm. So the, that, the cops that broke was, in. The cops broke in. Yeah, that so, was the original story. Yeah, I don't know. Did, did, if do do up maybe maybe David was just so out of it. David the Pip was out of it and wasn't very good at, at abducting people that he let him do things that most people in that situation don't. Most people who come in and and, and want to tie you down and uh, break your kneecaps don't let you go to the bathroom make a call and open the door yeah. when the police come. <laughs> I mean, that doesn't seem to be. There's that plenty of questions to be answered there. 
Yeah, and, and once again, I've stopped counting because I'm never going to get it, but this is, what, week three of no video surveillance footage of the guy actually... It's like, the no, no, it's like the no video surveillance uh, video footage of the Jeffrey Epstein death that happened under Donald Trump's watch, under, under his... Uh, under the watch of Bill Barr, his secretary, uh, where is it? Uh, not secretary, but a uh, oh, general. Yeah, yes, attorney general. Yes, Bill Barr. Bill Barr. Yeah. No, of course not. There's never, there's never any video footage in a, in places where you know there are a million cameras, right? Mm-hmm. A million cameras. I mean, the average San Francisco resident, because it's gotten so bad, crime has a at least an ADT system where if you break a window, the, the sound goes off and lights go out, they go off and everyone runs away because everyone hears it. So, you know, the, it makes, the, it makes the, uh, the burglar run away. But Nancy Pelosi didn't have an ADT system? Oh, she did. Oh, she did. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. She had something so, better than that. I so guarantee something better than that, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, those, those things, the ADT system doesn't go off when, when the person, like, allows you into their place exactly. when you're a visitor, right? You know, so that that's another thing. You know, I don't trust. And once again, and I've, I've made this clear, people get mad at me. I know people on the right who don't believe. There are people I know who are conservative who believe it pretty much as as the police told it. And they get mad at me. And I say, don't get mad at me for not believing Nancy Pelosi. Get mad at Nancy Pelosi. She's all she's done is lie for 30 years. Well, you realize. So if someone just. They're, they're brainwashed. Yeah, it's like the boy that brainwashed individuals who, as soon as they have to question the narrative of the police, it causes a cognitive dissonance in them. Yeah. And suddenly they had to question all kinds of things about the police. Yeah. You know, it's, 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 it's simply that if, if someone has lied so often, it's like the boy that cried wolf theory, that there could be one time they tell the truth and no one will believe them. And that's their fault. It's not our fault. Yeah, exactly. Right? They should tell the truth more often and we'd believe them more often. It's really simple, right? Tell the truth or, more or, often or, and people will believe oh, you. Oh, yeah. Hook, your, hook you, yourself up to a lie detector test and answer some questions. <laughs> like, be a man, <laughs> right? Right, innocent, exactly. There are infrared lie detector systems now that work far better than the old lie detecting methods. And if, uh, if you're a real man with nothing to hide, you strap yourself up to one of those bitches and answer some questions. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's no, how I would run no for president. Way. I would strap myself up to an infrared lie detector test and I would give a speech. <laughs> and I, I would give yeah. a speech with a live feed of an infrared lie detection system on my face. <laughs> I would, give every, well, I would give every speech like that. And it would instantly make every other politician look terrible <laughs> yeah no it would make every politician look terrible and and the fact of the matter is that we're, we're in a we're in a society right now where people just automatically think politicians are lying right i mean it's almost automatic now uh, very few people actually and not it, the it could be they, they do well, you lie through his teeth and what I, swallow what I, sh- what I should say is that the, the op- if you're a Democrat, you believe every Republican's lying. And if you're a Republican, mm-hmm. you believe every Democrat's lying. Yeah. So basically, everyone believes every politician is lying. At least half of the country right. does for each person, each politician. politician lie, so, yeah, <laughs> yeah and that, that's kind of a, a, a so, tough society. Yeah, only believe. half the politicians are lying. You don't understand. This other half are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Dude. Exactly. My half is great. The half yeah. I like is great. Half you like are all... Are all, yeah, it's genetic. It's genetic. Everyone in my party is great. Everyone in your party sucks. Mm-hmm. You know, these there's such simple-minded things. I know so many people who are very, very intelligent. I mean, people probably with like 180 IQs who are so simple-minded when it comes to politics. They simply hate Republicans. They simply think they're all fascists. They simply think Trump is like evil incarnate. And these are very intelligent people. 
But when it comes to politics, it's, it's very black and white. You know, it's the angelic party versus the satanic party. And and because these things are so ingrained, like Trump derangement syndrome, like COVIDian, you have to admit the man buried the mother of his children on his golf course for tax break. It's like overtly disrespectful. Yeah, well, you know, people do a lot of disrespectful things, you know, but uh, we don't elect him as president of the United States. No, no, but you know, here's also the thing with Trump, the people who don't like Trump. It's very rarely do they talk about policies, Brady. Very rarely do they talk about policies. How about, how about the COVID-19 about, fast track policy, the Operation Warp Speed policy? But that they like. You see, Democrats like that because they think the vaccines work. Yeah, so, th- th- so if the Democrats like something that Donald Trump is doing, that goes to tell you that he's working for both sides, like... Yeah, but they can't. But again, ninety percent. Once again, I'll try to be more specific. Ninety percent of their problems with Trump are personality driven. They're not policy driven. Most people are emotional. They don't say, "God damn that that policy on uh, immigrate, that policy on economy, that policy on the border." They don't talk about that stuff. They talk about him. Trump's policy is terrible. Um, Yeah, they they talk about the cult of personality, basically. His food policy is terrible. Um, Everything like he he had nothing new or great, you know. Uh, I'll, I'll, one thing I'll, I'll say that I, I liked that he did was he threatened to pull funding from the World Health Organization at one point. Yeah, he didn't do that. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. like, he's feckless, you know. I mean, he, he talks yeah. a big game. He's really he's a good talker, you know. But is but there was also no sending eight. There was no sending billion eight billion dollars every two weeks to another country when he was president. What about right. Israel? Oh come on, Israel! We've always, we've been sending money to Israel since. I'm trying to think of the year. Yep, and 19... all of them didn't do anything to change that situation. Yeah, but what, uh, yeah, but what I'm anything, saying, he is, made it worse. With, with countries, if you want to consider the Israel-Palestinian thing a ongoing war, fine. But I'm talking about no new wars. That's what I'm talking and, uh, about. Did, no did, new... did Donald Trump do anything to investigate Burisma or the uh, what was the other Benghazi? Yeah. Once again, reckless. Uh, Again. I'm giving you like I'm giving you a positive about him, I, 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 and you're I, I, saying I, I, what he did. You like but, big negatives for every I, little yeah, but you're saying, he, you're saying he, he didn't do this, he didn't do that. There are a lot of things every president doesn't do. Like he didn't uh, pardon Assange, right? He didn't pardon he Snowden. Didn't pardon Assange? Either one of them? No, nope, he could have done right. that. But you know, but once again, there is. He he made a point. He he said it wrong, by the way. He said that, and they all jumped on him for saying it. But he is the, he is the first president in decades to not get us into any new wars. The, Which is pretty. The JFK know, papers. Pretty he lied about the JFK papers too, didn't he? The, what are the JFK papers? Well, wasn't Donald Trump supposed to release the JFK papers, and then he he, he backtracked on that as well? Okay, if you really if you really want to talk about promises made by people, promises not kept, you know Donald Trump isn't the the, the worst of them. But yeah, there were several things. But but that's been in Donald Trump's. DNA since before running. Yes, so, Remember, he was going to release all the papers showing Barack Obama wasn't a U.S. citizen. So why, why would anyone knowingly support and give uh, control and power to an overt liar like that? Because there are a lot of other positive things people see about him. That's all. Okay, but they I can't mean, find like, a better man. You think that, like, are they incapable of finding a better man? Well. I think they're not capable of finding someone who speaks quite as really quite as 
directly and to them as he does. Really? So, they probably so can't. They can't find someone who speaks as well as Donald Trump. They think Donald Trump is such a fantastic speaker, and that's what does it for them. Well, then, well, then we're totally fucked, dude. Like, I'm not worried about saving these people anymore. If someone honestly... Well, but it's not that it'd be saved, then, but it's not, it's, it's also, yeah, I guess, I guess it is a lot of his tone and the way he talks and his directness and his honesty. And when you ask people what they like about him, these are the kinds of things they say. But also, theory, I mean, even in that speech, my theory on look, it, even yeah, that speech is that these people is, have is, vicarious is, megalomania. And so they feel vicariously powerful through their, uh, through their guy, you know, it's like sports. They like winning, you know what I mean? And they feel like they're for us. Well, this, they're pissing off all this the countries right about. They're pissing off all the smart people who uh, have always been making them feel so dumb. And you know, here comes this guy that talks the way they talk. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, talks the way they talk and thinks the way they think. Um, I mean, talks the way, the way they, they think. Is up for debate, man. The guy was a reality show actor for years leading up to his role as president. He's been trained to um, act one way. And then he, he's a very different person behind closed doors. Anyone will tell you this. Anyone who knows Trump will tell you there's a public face and then there's a private face to Trump. He's two very different people. He's, ob- he's wearing an obvious mask. Well, and on top of that, there's other stuff. But, I mean, the, the fact is even that speech he just gave when you thought he was running for office an hour, you know, very long speech, too long. But a lot of the things he said are people that are very populists, right? They're populist ideas. He talked about a lot of things that were very populist mm-hmm. ideas. And I think that is that populism is very popular. Now, the thing is, you have to follow through with those things, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you say drain the swamp, you got to drain it, right? Everyone it, loves that idea. fill it with people who pardoned Jeffrey Epstein. So, this, so now I hear people saying this time. People who are supporting him this time are saying things like, now we're really going to drain the swamp. Why didn't you do it last time? Exactly. You know? Right. In other words, you, four years wasn't enough. You need another mm-hmm. four. So that's the thing. He, he says. Well, now, that he's, now that he's older and faster, <laughs> he's going to get it done. <laughs> like, yeah. Well, I mean. Older and sharper. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Four years to play Trump, golf. <laughs> I think Trump's response, Trump's response would be that as much as he wants to drain the swamp, that there are so many forces in the government that make it more difficult to do that. Now, that might be true. It might be true that the president really doesn't have the power he thinks he has. So if he learned that, why is he running again? You know, if he learned that, which I, I wouldn't doubt him. I wouldn't doubt that, that the president is a puppet and there are so many dark forces. Look at JFK, right? They took him out. A lot of people believe he was taken out by the government and that they will take you out if you get too big for your britches. Mm-hmm. So, why would you want to go back into that? You know, if, if if that's truly the case and you're not just lying or making up excuses, why, why would you go back to that again? Well, fortunately that, 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 for Donald Trump, he works for the same network that killed JFK. So he's he's not under threat. He's not under the same threat that JFK was. Maybe. I don't know. Let's put it this way. When he first ran for office and again now. There were certainly a lot of people within the government that didn't want him anywhere near there, right? There were a lot of establishment Republicans who did not want Donald Trump running. You know, they didn't want him. So if he was part of their Illuminati and he's part of that, why would they not want him to run? You know, they wanted Jeb Bush. They wanted Jeb Bush to be another Bush frontman, right? They wanted the third Bush, not Donald Trump. 
They want the third Bush, not the first Trump. So what does that tell you about him? That he does have an outsider element to them that they were afraid of. Now, you can argue, and other people argue, that might have been the case when he first ran, then he got in and things changed. Maybe. That's very possible. You know, but there were certainly there were many, many Republicans who did not back him. You know that when he first ran. And they wanted Jeb Bush or or someone like uh you know, Chris Christie or Ted Cruz way more than they would want Donald Trump mm-hmm. be- because they, he wasn't one of them and they were afraid he would stir things up too much. And then you have Hillary Clinton, he, maybe he didn't. who is suggesting that people actually encourage coverage of Donald Trump as a way to distract from the other candidates. Well, the Democrats absolutely did their best to push Donald Trump because they thought he was the weakest candidate. And he would absolutely lose in a general election. Or so the Hillary people, because Donald Trump yeah. donated a bunch of money to the Clinton Foundation years ago leading up to the election. And they finally found a job for him. Are you saying you're not a big Trump fan? Is this worth getting at? <laughs> I'm not a Trump fan or a Clinton fan or a Bush fan or an Obama fan. Yeah. I, you know, it, it... I'm a fan At of some freedom. Point, I like uh, freedom, and I'm a, I'm a fan of nature. We all like we all like freedom, but when you yeah. say when you say let's get to that for a second, what do you mean by freedom? You, you know, um, liberty, liberal concepts. I know these are great words, but can you put them into like fundamental things? Yeah, I, I like the idea of being able to take my cannabis seeds and just plant them in my front yard and grow all the cannabis I need and not have to worry about it. Okay. So, so, so drugs, me down. drugs, drug freedom, freedom to do drugs. Right. Okay. I'm, I'm not trying to be sarcastic. I'm saying freedom to do drugs is one of your freedoms you talk about. Yeah. Okay. I'll mm-hmm. give that to you. I'll give that to you. All right. Freedom to do drugs. There are a lot of states where you're free to do drugs, aren't there? Yes. I don't live in one of them. And no, uh, psychedelics are still highly uh, regulated. Opiates, highly regulated. Um, what else? Even when it comes to um, health supplements like inacetylcysteine, mm-hmm. those are removed from the over-the-counter status at the beginning of the pandemic. Donald Trump didn't do anything about it. Donald Trump probably doesn't even know what NAC is. Oh, I'm sure um, he does. Yeah, you know, he, he's feckless as a leader. I, I, I thought he was very feckless. You know, I've talked about this many times, right, during COVID. And the way that was his year there, his first year, his only year was was yep. was, was very feckless. It was feckless. It was feckless, you know. And and, that's not what we need, man. We need someone young who gets in there and says, this is what we need. Watch how fast I get this shit done. You well, know? DeSantis has proven to do that in Florida. Now, you might not like his policies, Brady. No, I like but, his I like his COVID policies. I think that was great. Uh, I, I, I totally that. I like applaud his him policies on his too. COVID policies. In fact, I like his COVID policies so much, and his freedom, mm-hmm. the free yep. state of Florida, where woke goes to die. His liberal be, COVID yeah. policies, <laughs> right? But but uh, yeah, as opposed to as opposed to illiberal, which we saw from main Democrats. But uh, but I think that once again, a guy like Ron DeSantis, you're not going to get everything you want policy wise, Brady. But if you want someone who has been proven. To say I'm going to do something and do it, to 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 err on the side of freedom and liberty over totalitarianism, then well, you have getting my vote. Then he's the guy. Then no, he's, he's the not guy getting my vote. No, well, I'm going to go with the one that gives me Trump, If he's running against Trump, I want you to go into a Republican primary and vote for the fucking guy. All right, that's all. Well, I mean, that might that might make sense. <laughs> um, 
but uh yeah no i would rather uh vote for someone who's much closer to all of my you know things even if they don't show any real chance of winning i voting is mostly symbolic it's mostly a ritual anyway yeah. just like a, yeah, but, but there a, might be a, a lot a, of people cons- there might be a, a lot ritual of and consent you know what yeah. i mean it when you vote for something like that it's kind of like a ritual that says aha you voted you had a choice in this and then if you don't vote it's like aha you didn't vote um you have no choice in the matter you mm. know what i mean and it's like hmm, maybe we have more choices and options outside of voting what once every two years Maybe there are things we can actually do in our lives that um, affect reality in a more direct way than voting ever will, you know. And so mm-hmm. it's really a ritual and consent and helplessness is the way I kind of mm-hmm. feel about voting. But yeah. I still vote. I still vote. <laughs> you see, you still it's do. Just, you still, you still, but, you still perform yeah, the ritual. I, I, see, I see it as one small thing I can, I can do that doesn't cost much. And it, it's, still, it's still cost effective, you know. So it is good. Well, yeah, it's free, right? Is that yeah. what you mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, but you got uh, to take the time out of your day, you know. So you got to you got to sacrifice some of your time on Earth to do it, which is yeah, lost. right. But you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I think you always have to make also judgment calls. You're not going to get everything you want, and I think there are a lot of people out there who are probably more close to your political, you know, feelings about things and your issues. Dude, but yeah, not, on the right and the left, they're not necessarily yeah. people who will get it done. They might be promising they'll get things done, but it doesn't mean they're actually going to get anything done. So I rather have someone in there who's been proven to get things done even if I only agree with them on half of the things they're doing. Let's put it that way. All it takes is a governor with balls to use the pardon, the the governor's pardon uh, ability. And you can get all kinds of shit done like that. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like if they actually flex their power, but the problem is, is that there's all these kind of fraternities and power networks established. And we're only given options from within that power network. Yeah. And Donald Trump was the illusion of someone from without, from outside the power network um, going in and disrupting the power network. But I, I, I mean, if, if you think about it long and hard enough, it's pretty easy to see that he comes from the very exact same yeah. power network that he's I, pretending I, I, to I fight. Let, I have to let you go in a minute, but I want to take a poll before you go. Yeah, um, that'd be cool. Paul is doing this new thing at the beta testing it where the oh, host yeah. can do video so you can see me. Do you want to see me? Yeah, let's try it. But I do the show naked. <laughs> Rock out, bro. Rock out with your cock out. <laughs> I might have, have to put Let's see what on. you got. Let's see then what I you gotta, got. I gotta Bust out the helicopter. <laughs> Do the helicopter. Yeah, no, that's that's my OnlyFans. That's my <laughs> the only only fan. It's a helicopter. <laughs> Brady, thanks for calling. Thanks Likewise, good good talking to you, man. All right, take it easy. All right, now I'm going to read that story <laughs> before it gets too late. Um. This is this is uh, about another person who you can really trust. You know she has our best interest at heart. Oh, Daniel, do you want to talk before I read this? All right, Daniel can talk, and then I'll I'll go into Glenn Greenwald's story about all the money Nancy Pelosi's made um, for her investments in big tech, and of course the, the stock market, which she's just so keen, she's so great at it, isn't she? Just isn't it just a coincidence that Nancy Pelosi's so great at the stock market, and she happens to be the Speaker of the House? Wow. We'll read that after. Daniel comes on. Hey, Daniel, what's up? Okay, I wasn't going to call in tonight at all, but then this naked call-in thing came up, and, and that, no, hard no on that one. <laughs> Did you say a hard no? <laughs> uh, 
Finally, you you got one of my jokes. Damn. Well, because you know why? Because your delivery is not like Dangerfield like. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> your delivery, your delivery is not like, hey, you know, like a hard one. Hey, hey, hey. And then you know it's a joke, right? <laughs> yeah. uh, okay. Have a good night, Mike. Oh, that's it. That's your big that, call. That, that, that's it. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Daniel. I appreciate it. Oh my God. Okay. So here. This is, um, let me see, let me see. Okay, here we go. So this is uh, from uh, July 15th of 2021. And this is on Greenwald Substack. So it's greenwald.substack.com. Nancy and Paul Pelosi making millions in stock trades in companies she actively regulates. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is the sixth, sixth richest member. Now, this was written last year. Could be, she could be five, she could be in the top five now because she's made a lot more money between July of 2021 and now. According to the most recent financial list, this is from five, yeah, so this is 2019, okay. So we're talking three years ago, she was the sixth richest. I'm sure she's richer now. As the California Democrat has risen through party ranks and obtained more and more political power, her personal wealth has risen right along with it. Pelosi has seen her wealth increase to nearly 115 million. Listen to this. To nearly 115 million from 41 million in 20, in 2004. So let's do that. 2004 to that 15 years, her wealth increased from 41 million to 115 million. More than 70 million more. Okay. So she made 70 million bucks in 15 years from 04 to 19. This is while she's in public service. Speaker of the House, on and off, minority leader the other time, reports the transparency, non-group profit, open secrets, which are very good. Even by the standards of wealth that define the legislative body, more than half of those in Congress are millionaires. The wealth and lifestyle of a longtime liberal politician and most powerful lawmaker in Washington, lavish. Ever since, and ever since ascending to the top spot in the House, Pelosi and her husband, Paul, keep getting richer and richer. Much of their added wealth is due to extremely lucrative and lucky, lucky in quotes, decisions about when to buy and sell stocks and options in the very industries and companies of which Paul, uh, of which Pelosi, sorry, as House Speaker, exercises enormous and direct influence. The sector in which the Pelosi's most frequently buy and sell stocks is by far the Silicon Valley tech industry. Close to three quarters of the Pelosi stock trading over the last two years has been in big tech, more than 33 million worth of trading. That has happened as major legislation is pending before the House, controlled by the committees Pelosi oversees, which could radically reshape the industry and laws that govern the very companies in which she and her husband most aggressively trade. To underscore the towering conflict of interest, the hardest speaker Pelosi's self-enrichment, consider the company in which the Pelosi's traded most often, Apple. Buying and selling in that one company accounted for 18% of the Pelosi's overall trading volume. And yes, during this same period, Pelosi held at least one private conversation with Apple CEO Tim Cook about the state of Apple and possible effects on the company from various pending bills to reform Silicon Valley. On June 22nd, the New York Times reported on a forceful and wide-ranging pushback by the tech industry since the antitrust reform proposals were announced this month. In particular, executives, lobbyists, and more than a dozen think tanks and advocacy groups paid by each company, uh, by, paid by tech companies, have swarmed capital offices, called and emailed lawmakers and their staff members, and written letters 
arguing there will be dire consequences for the industry and the country if the ideas become law. But one of the most important steps taken against these bills was a personal call placed by Apple CEO directly to Pelosi. In the days after lawmakers introduced legislation that could break the dominance of tech companies, Apple's chief executive, Tim Cook, called Nancy Pelosi and other members of Congress to deliver a warning. When Mr. Cook asked for a delay in the, in the, in the Judiciary Committee's process of considering the bills, Ms. Pelosi pushed him to identify specific policy objections to the measures, said one of the people. Sources who refused to be identified tried to convince the Times reporters that Mrs. Pelosi, Ms. Pelosi pushed back on Mr. Cook's concerns about the bills. But in doing so, they confirmed the rather crucial fact that Pelosi was having personal private conversations with the CEO of a company in which she and her husband were heavily invested and off of which they were making millions of dollars in personal wealth. And Pelosi, according to the report, asked Cook what changes were needed to avoid harming Apple and other Silicon Valley giants. Can even the hardest core Democratic partisan loyalists justify this blatant conflict of interest and self-dealing? Indeed, all five of the Pelosi's most traded stocks over the last two years just so happened to be the five Silicon Valley giants that would be most affected by pending legislation. What a coincidence, huh? Four of them, Apple, Amazon, Facebook, and Google, were all of the companies identified by the House Antitrust Subcommittee as being classic monopolies, while the fifth, Microsoft, has sent executives to repeatedly testify before Democratic-led House committees to defend Democrats' pending bills. In other words, the Pelosi's are trading stock most heavily in the exact companies whose future can be shaped by the bills Pelosi and her lieutenants are negotiating and shepherding through Congress. Beyond that, data compiled, let me just read this, there's a little chart here, let me see if I can see it. Let me see if I can see what the chart is. Not sure, maybe not. Oh, here it is, let's see. No, I can't read it. Anyway, it's on It's on the Greenwald, it's on the, the, the uh, this page I'm reading, the greenwaldsubstack.com. And if you go to Glenn Greenwald's Twitter page. He reposted this today. That's why I found it. But it's, just a, it's a chart that shows the money that Nancy Pelosi made off of those stocks. I think that's what it's looking at. Yeah. And how much they've gone up. Beyond that, Google, one of the companies in which the Pelosi stock trades have made millions, is one of the top five donors to the House Speaker. The wealthy couple buys and sells in Google stock, making millions. She works on bills that directly affect the future trajectory of Google, and they lavish her campaign coffers with cash, a key source of her entrenched power. Multiple times over the last several years, serious questions have been raised about stock positions taken by the Pelosi's that turned out to be immensely profitable under suspicious circumstances. Perhaps the most disturbing was a report from Bloomberg News last Wednesday and another from days earlier by Fox Business that documented how Pelosi's husband purchased highly risky options in Google, Apple, and other tech companies back in February of 2020, right before the market began plunging due to the COVID epidemic, and right before the House, led by his wife, was set to introduce new legislation to regulate those same tech companies. Yet even as the prices in several of those companies plummeted, Paul Pelosi held on to them, only to sell them last June as a, at a massive profit. His option sales on Google alone netted more than $5 million for the couple. While the trade cannot be declared illegal unless it can be proven that either Pelosi acted on non-public information, in which case it would be the felony of insider trading, the ethical stench is obvious. 
Just as was true when numerous senators from both parties sold stocks in COVID-related industries before the pandemic began, raising questions about whether they had advanced knowledge of what was coming through classified briefings, watching Nancy Pelosi's wealth skyrocket by millions of dollars from trades in the very company she's directly overseeing creates a sleazy appearance, to put that mildly. All of this is even more disturbing because, as Fox Business puts it, this is not the first time that investments made by Paul Pelosi have been made in close proximity to happening in Congress. Two of the most disturbing incidents were Paul Pelosi in March exercised $1.95 million worth of Microsoft call options. Less than two weeks, less than two weeks before the tech stalwart secured a $22 billion contract to supply U.S. Army combat troops with augmented reality headsets. In January, he purchased up to 1 million of Tesla calls before the Biden administration delivered its plans to provide incentives to promote the shift away from additional autom automobiles and towards electric vehicles. In response to media inquiries, Pelosi denied that she is involved or even has knowledge of her husband's stock trading, of course, yeah. There is, of course, uh, his husband's stock trading and her, uh, sec his sex trading. There is, of course, no way to confirm or disprove, but what is clear is that the vast wealth generated by those stock trades and companies Pelosi greatly affects and about which she clearly has non-public information directly enriches Pelosi herself. In March of last year, following the controversy over the COVID stock trades, a group of legislators, including Representatives Raja Kishnamori of Illinois, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez of New York, and Joe Neguz of Colorado, introduced a bill calling the ban, con, called the Ban Conflicted Trading Act, which would prohibit members of Congress and senior congressional staff from abusing their positions for personal finance gain, financial gain, through trading individual stocks and investments while in office or serving on corporate boards. While AOC called on then-Senator Kelly Loeffler of Georgia to resign, having dumped stocks after receiving secret COVID briefings, at the same time that Fox News host Tucker Carlson said the same thing about Senator Richard Burr of North Carolina, she has yet to comment on the repeated stock transactions in which the Pelosi's have enriched themselves through companies directly within the purview of Speaker Pelosi's legislative power. She did, however, issue a blanket denunciation back in March of last year when the focus was on those two Senate Republicans about this practice. One would think that one of the richest people in America would be satisfied with that level of wealth more than anyone can spend in a lifetime and would decide that she and her husband simply refrain from trading stocks and trying to get richer while she occupies one of the most powerful political positions in the country. But at least when it comes to Nancy Pelosi, you would be wrong. She craves not only greater and greater political power, but also even greater and greater personal wealth, even if her pursuit of it further erodes faith and trust in the U.S. political system. I thought it was important to read that whole article, because as Nancy Pelosi says, she's no longer going to be in leadership positions and uh, probably will retire in a couple of years. It's really important to know that Maybe one of the reasons why she no longer wants to be in leadership positions is she's made enough money. Maybe Nancy has now decided that at long last she has made enough money at 82 years old to live on for the rest of her life. Maybe that's the decision she made. But the problem, as Glenn Greenwald outlines, it is the next speaker, and if it's Hakeem Jeffries, there's an even greater possibility of this because he's such a scumbag, um, will do, we'll do that same thing. And maybe this is why, following in Nancy Pelosi's footsteps and her blueprint, people want to be Speaker of the House, right? People want to be 
Well, actually, not, not the next speaker. The name, so the next speaker is going to be Kevin McCarthy, most likely. The next Democrat minority leader who would obviously become the speaker if they were to win the House. But even as the minority leader, there's tons of power, obviously. So uh, that's the whole problem is that this everyone can do this. Nancy's done a great job out of it. She's done she's done a hell of a job making herself rich. Once again, seventy million between two thousand four and two thousand nineteen, with a salary of what about two hundred thousand. So you try to figure that out, okay? So she was just an expert at it. That's what she was great at. Nancy Pelosi wasn't great at helping the people of San Francisco. How much of this helps the people? What 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 does this have to do with the people of San Francisco? Remember, she's in Congress. So she represents San Francisco. I mean, San Francisco hasn't been represented in decades. In decades. Well, San Francisco lies in filth with shit and piss, human piss and shit on the streets and homeless people in tents all over the place and poverty rising and people can't afford the and tremendous rents so it puts them onto the streets and the homelessness and the crime shooting through the roof. Nancy Pelosi is making millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars rep- supposedly representing San Francisco. And this goes back to my conversation with Brady. People don't trust politicians anymore. Now, Democrats will trust Nancy Pelosi, not all of them, and it's been eroded. As more people read these kinds of stories, a few people with uh, common sense and dignity dumper, but still, basically it's a split party decision, right? Republicans will hate her, Democrats adore her. And that's the problem. I said the same thing if uh, someone like Kevin McCarthy was found to have done this. That you see a lot of Republicans defending him and Democrats hating him. The problem is we need general hatred for these people. It needs to be across the board. It doesn't. We're not getting anything done until this is all nonpartisan, and we just say this can't happen. Okay, this simply cannot happen. We cannot have these corrupt politicians getting wealthy. Then, was the job is the job. The salary's too high as it is. I mean, the salary's way too high. It's way the salary for I believe people in public office should be. Maybe the general average that people are making in the country. That's if you're going to represent the country, if you're going to be a public servant, you shouldn't be making 10, 15, 20 times salary than many people, most people in this country are making. So they get that, they get the, the couple hundred thousand a year, they get all the perks that come along with it, the extras, the, the, the great, uh, you know, health care coverage and all that nonsense. So <clears throat> the idea of becoming rich as a public servant is absolutely insane. It's ridiculous. It should, it should simply should not be allowed. It simply should not be allowed. That's not why people should go into public service. That's what's called public service. Okay, it's not, it's not bilking the public. Okay, it's not called wealth. It's not. It's not called personal personal wealth gain service. It's public service. And with that should be should come sacrifice if you want to go into public service. You get power with that, right? You get influence, and you should have to sacrifice things. Like economically, you should have to, everyone in public office, just about everyone in public office should be able to say, I could do much better in the private sector. Okay. I could do much better in the private sector, but I'm coming into public office. I can make much more money in the private sector, but I'm coming into public office to be a public servant. And I'm giving that up. I'm sacrificing that economic gain to be in public office. Okay. 
I'm not taking advantage of public office to make myself wealthier, which Nancy Pelosi has undoubtedly done. The numbers are the numbers. Whether you feel it's legal, illegal, ethical, or unethical, the numbers are the numbers. Nancy Pelosi got incredibly wealthy being a politician. Nancy Pelosi got wealthy being a politician. She's much wealthier after being a politician than before being a politician. That is total, incredible bullshit. Total absolute bullshit and once again you won't see a story written in the new york times i mean you know glenn Greenwald quoted like uh, mainstream media outlets with little snippets of information but you won't see any story written like that in the new york times or the washington post they would never you know why because if that was written if it was allowed to be written which it would but if it snuck through you see if a story like that snuck through like the NBC story of Paul Pelosi snuck through, it would quickly be snuffed out by the Pelosi's and the the Democratic power structure. And the person who wrote it, like the poor guy at NBC, Miguel, would be suspended and maybe never heard from again. So you're not going to see a story like this in the New York Times or the Washington Post, but you will see it on Glenn Greenwald's Substack. Glenn, Glenn Greenwald, that's Substack, dot com. Glenn's written great stuff, really has. Great stuff through great journalism. That's what you see. Glenn Greenwald's a journalist. He's not a political activist. And he might be one of the few out there who are actually real investigative journalists, not political activists. And we saw that a lot through COVID, right, with, with Glenn, a lot through COVID. Um, us, the government spying on us, the, the idea of government censorship on things like places like Twitter. Glenn Greenwald's been there to talk about that stuff <clears throat> when the mainstream media has not. And every once in a while, Glenn Greenwald does a show on call-in. And maybe I should try to get Glenn Greenwald on this podcast at some time, because I know he's done. He does a show from time to time on call-in. So it might be uh, interesting. But like I said, one of the few decent politicians, uh, but sorry, decent journalists left out there is Glenn Greenwald. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. What else am I talking about on this Friday? Since I've been away and on vacation, I haven't gone to the movies because I try not to go to them. Kind of, isn't it pathetic when people go to the movies? It is, it is pathetic when people go to the movies on vacation. I mean, come on, really. And I've done it in the past. I didn't want to do it. I don't want to look so pathetic. As far as that video thing, and that's the real thing, and actually asked me, I, I could have gone on video for the first time tonight, and I decided not to. I don't know if I want to. I don't know. I like, I just like the radio aspect of this. I like the, the radio aspect. Then I, then I got to comb my hair, and I got to shave, and I do the show at night, and I want to relax, and, you know, I don't want to have to look like I'm on Fox News, you know. It's, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I might just test it out at some point to see how it works. But I can't say I'd want to do it. You know, then I do things like I look at my phone to look at my Twitter feed and that doesn't look great when you're on camera. I don't know. It, it'll be like doing, I guess it'd be like doing a radio show, but with a camera on, which they often do now. You know, who does that a lot? Rush Limbaugh did it a lot, right? How Stern does it, you know, so it's like a radio show with a camera on, but it's just not like professional. So I don't know how, how great it's going to look. But I, don't know, I might do the video thing on here at some point. Maybe we'll, we'll try it sometime in the future. Um, oh, who's that? Oh, this is Karthik. Karthik. Karthik, I think. Hey, Karthik, you have a 10.
Do you go in and out? You come in, you leave, you come back, you leave, you go away. What are you doing? Oh, I just wanted to see if you were, you know, uh, how how deep you're going. And I, I just wanted to know if uh, if there's anybody talking. Sometimes if there's somebody talking, then I'll leave and wait till nobody's talking. <laughs> Why? It's not interesting when other people talk. You don't find any kind of tidbits of information. <laughs> what call it. Uh, well, you know what? I, I come here to talk to you. You know, I, I don't come here to hear other people. Oh, I, I'm the star. I want to hear star, how, right. how beautiful uh, you, your, your voice is, not others, man. Hmm. You're good. At, you're good at buttering people up. I don't know if it's the, real. The, 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 this is yours or not theirs. You know they should respect that. Well, now you're on. What do you want to talk about? Uh, so did you previously say that you uh, are more pro DeSantis than pro Trump? Of course. Oh yeah, yeah. No. Oh, okay. No- so because because Trump's running, and who knows? Maybe DeSantis will run or not run. Obviously, uh, we don't know. Um, so if both DeSantis and Trump run. Why do you prefer DeSantis over Trump? Oh, God, I've gone through it so many times, and there's a million reasons. But I'm, I'm also going to ask you your opinion after this, because that was the whole idea here, right, to get everyone else saying. But anyway, just just in general, I think there's a lot. First of all, there's age. Age difference is a big thing for me. Um, I think it's a very different in the, in the, uh, the way DeSantis has been able and just proved this in the last election, that he can get people who don't usually vote for Republicans to vote for Republican. I think that's very important in this day and age in a presidential election to be able to get people to cross party lines. And there are a lot of Democrats who voted for him. There are a lot of independents who voted for him. There are Greens who voted for him. There are yeah, he, he won by like 20 or 18 points, I believe. He won by a million and a half votes. Yeah. So he got all these groups. I mean, that's, that's what's interesting is that um, all of these you, know, you often see people saying, well, we need a politician who can cross over and get other. Well, he seems to have been able to do that in a state of 21 million people. It's a pretty, you know, third largest state in the country. So I like that. And those, by the way, those are all things Donald Trump can't do. Donald Trump can get his hardcore supporters to vote for him, but that's it. In fact, he, he gets Democrats to come out and vote against him, you know, in large numbers and independents come out and vote against him. So I think that when you're talking about winning a general election, DeSantis is the better candidate. Uh, I think we're talking about policy. DeSantis is the better candidate. He did COVID right. Trump did it wrong. DeSantis had foresight on COVID. Trump just has hindsight on COVID. Um, I think that DeSantis doesn't have – DeSantis has that powerful – he can do the powerful alpha male thing, but he's not as belligerent as Trump. He doesn't put people down the way Trump does. Um, so there's not that obnoxiousness that Trump has that turns people off, which is another reason why I think – I think if DeSantis had that thing, he wouldn't have won by – you know million and a half votes in florida so people like him he's more likable you know i can go on and on and on i don't i don't think it's any i don't think it's even close karthik i think i think DeSantis is a really good candidate and trump is a really bad candidate Are you there? yeah yeah i i see um we obviously we've talked about COVID here many times and yeah i do like how um DeSantis did handle it uh, he was like i think like maybe one of the few governors that actually talked about uh monoclonal antibodies which I really yeah, appreciate that. Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah. 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 Was- you, know, you know me, I try to be as objective as possible. Um, I, I, me personally, cause, cause like I said before, I've never, uh, well, I'm, I'm done voting Democrat or Republican. You know, I, I've never really voted red, but me personally, I would prefer Trump over DeSantis just because, uh, Trump seems more incompetent and DeSantis, obviously like he's, he's stylistically very different. He seems he reminds me of more competent Republicans like Mitt Romney or Dick Cheney. 
So, and, and obviously, I very much disagree with him on foreign policy. Like he, he's already threatened to do coups of theoretical socialist countries like uh, Venezuela and um, uh, Bolivia and some others. Um, so you, 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 you like, you want to reward incompetence? Uh, well, I would prefer an incompetent uh, authoritarian leader over a, uh, a competent authoritarian but leader. There's, but there's nothing in Ron to say. How, there's nothing. How, I, don't, I don't know what you talk about. I've never heard him talk about wars. He's a, he's a governor. So I, I've never oh, no, yeah. I, this was, I think, in 2019 or 2020. Yeah, I, um, I know. He's talking but, about but, foreign policy. But wait a minute. But here's the thing, Karthik. I don't mean to talk about you, but seriously. If we're talking about authoritarianism, we're talking about DeSantis, when it really, when it really mattered, he wasn't authoritarian. With COVID, when it really yeah, mattered, yeah, I'm, COVID, but I'm talking about on many policies, not just one. No, but he, he showed doesn't have that authoritarian streak that a lot of Democrats have shown they have. You see, look, I think it really, sh- I think the authoritarianism thing really shows its it rears its ugly head when there's like a real emergency in quotes, right? And COVID, according to everyone, was a real emergency. And look at how a lot of these Democrats and even Trump to a certain, I don't think Trump was authoritarian. I think he was just incompetent and that wasn't a good thing. But uh, I think when you look at Newsom and you look at Biden and you look at Andrew Cuomo and Kathy Hochul. And yeah, they, yeah, I hate them all, man. We, we've they, talked they, about they, 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 just, they, they showed to be authoritarianism, authoritarians when it came to COVID and mandates and, and DeSantis was not. So yeah, COVID just one policy. I also didn't like how he passed a uh, anti-free speech regarding Palestine and uh, Israel. So that's one thing. Um, uh, I, I didn't like, but if so, DeSantis is president. What kind of stuff would you like him to do? Oh God, uh, I want to make sure. Uh, well, well, God, what, what do I want him to do? It's a good question. Um, I can talk about what I don't want him to do, but that's not really the question you asked. I, th- I want him to respond to things, no matter what they are, the way he did COVID, in, in more in a more reasonable level-headed, common sense, follow the real science, the real experts kind of a way. And you could apply that, I guess, to other issues, right? The economy, foreign policy, whatever it may be. I don't want this knee-jerk, reflective knee-jerk reactions that we got from a lot of politicians, especially Democrats, during the COVID thing. Um, I, I, don't, I don't want that. I also don't want something like what, what Biden did in Afghanistan. I don't want this knee-jerk thing of, okay, we want to get out of something, Let's figure out how to do it. Let's not just pull everyone out and fuck if 13 people get killed. It's collateral damage. We're hearing that a lot lately, right? Collateral damage with the Afghanistan thing, collateral damage, all the people that have been hurt and killed from COVID policies and all that. I I don't want that anymore. I want someone who can really be level-headed, but also, also, and this is what Floridians talk about. Look, I don't live in Florida. I visit Florida. So I don't know about the Florida economy and other issues. But what Floridians tell me, both Democrats and Republicans, is that if he says he's going to do something, he does it, such as not this past hurricane, but the big one before that, when a bridge was knocked down, that was very important for commerce. They people called him and said this needs to be rebuilt, and he rebuilt it in three days. That is something that is well. That sounds great. Important. Yeah, no, that. But that's what I mean. Just do it. In other words, I'm not going to agree on everything he wants to do, but I'd rather have someone who I can agree on maybe fifty or sixty percent of the time, and they can actually fucking do it, as opposed to someone I agree on ninety percent of the time and they don't do anything. You know. So I, I think that's. DeSantis has proven he will he'll do what he says for whatever is the power he has to do something. And I think that's important. Now, there, there are probably things he's going to do that will annoy me as someone who's not a staunch conservative economically and in that way. But I mean, I don't care. I want someone who I know is not going to react like a lunatic the next time a quote unquote emergency happens and panic 
and destroy everyone's lives because they've panicked and have to show how much power they have. You know. Have you heard of this new special counsel, Jack Smith? For Trump? Yeah, yeah. Just talk about that a little bit at the beginning of the show. Um, I'm not mistaken in here. No, it's all right because you keep coming and going. But anyway, no. Uh, <laughs> no, I think this, this whole special counsel is going to be just one clown show again, like like how the Mueller investigation, the the Russia Gate investigation. Oh, and I, I I've already figured out how it's going to end because obviously I I doubt that they're going to indict Trump. Maybe like some fines or whatever. But yeah. this guy, special counsel Jack Smith, yeah. he was appointed by Trump. So just right. how Robert Mueller was a Republican. Whenever this ends in a six months, a year, year and a half, two years, whenever this whole shit show ends, they're going to blame it on Trump. Oh, my gosh, of course. He was never going to indict Trump because he's a Republican. No, I he was indicted no, by Trump. Trump says this guy hates him. Yeah, no, but 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 he he, he is a uh, he was he was appointed by Trump to be a, a U- U.S. attorney of Tennessee. I think his former position was. But I'm telling you this because I'm telling you that this will be the excuse for from from the Democrats in two years or whenever the investigation ends. I'm, well, uh, because... I think, no, but I think, I think I agree. All, a lot of this stuff with Trump is bullshit, but it's all designed to hurt him from winning again. Oh you yeah. See? They're going to, they have many tricks and stuff. Yeah. They, they're afraid he's going to win and they don't want him to win again. So they want to do whatever they can, especially he's just announced he's running again. So now they know he's running. They want to do all the, I mean, you think it's a coincidence this happened three days after he announces? No, obviously it's a very obvious. It's not. Right. Obvious. So, so, so it happens a week after the election, three days after he announces. And I think they just want to do whatever they can to hurt his chances of winning, to put, put that down in people's minds, you know, and not vote for him. Yeah. I hope this is less of a clown show than Russiagate because Russiagate was just so like bullshit. Well, I, I also mentioned, do you remember when the left wanted Avenatti to get him when Michael Avenatti was their big hero? Oh, yeah. People because, wanted yeah. Uh, uh, Avenatti to be president. And and people really thought that uh, like his thing with Stormy Daniels or whatever um, was, was going to send him in prison. And I thought that was like such like the such bullshit. Oh, it was. It was total bullshit. It was. Yeah, it was, yeah of course it was. It was. But, but the whole thing is, is that they, they the only reason why they backed a guy like Avenatti, even though. You know, I was fooled by him, too, because sociopaths are good at fooling smart people. But at least I admitted I was fooled by him. The left never admitted they were fooled by him. But they, they didn't care. They wanted someone who spoke directly and supposedly was a tough guy and couldn't be bullied. And, was you know, he'd, he'd say harsh words about Trump and he'd, he'd go after him in the media. And they liked that. They got off on that. And that's why they put him on TV all the time, because he would go after Trump. You know, yeah, and Tucker Carlson's the only one who the Tucker Carlson, the other one, had the balls face to face to tell him he was full of shit. No one wants to talk about that. They like to talk about the left likes to say shitty things about Tucker Carlson, but Tucker Carlson was the only person who put on Michael Avenatti and sat five feet away from him and told him to his face he was full of shit, and he was right. He was he is he was hundred percent right. Well, told I know Tucker Carlson had um uh, him on this t- uh, show, but I, I've never seen the interview. Um, but this guy Jack Smith, so apparently. He's prosecuted uh, war criminals in, from the Eastern Europe, but obviously he's never going to do that to uh, America or Europe. Um, so, but if Ron DeSantis doesn't run, uh, how, how will you feel about another Trump-Biden uh, uh, election campaign? I can't. I couldn't. I couldn't take it. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I couldn't. I couldn't deal with it. I think. I think that'll be the worst thing for American democracy. I agree. The worst. Yeah, it'll be a battle between dead and not dead yet. Yeah, no, I couldn't. It was uh, once again, though. I would definitely. I, I want to be honest. I would. I would definitely vote for Trump. Oh. I wouldn't. Do, I wouldn't do what I did last time and vote for Howie Hawkins. 
<laughs> or Green Party candidate. I would yeah, definitely. I, I voted Green last time as well. Yeah, I, no, I, this time I would. This time I'd vote. I would. I would actually. I would actually feel my my need the need to punish the Democrats for running Joe Biden again. I, I, think, they, I think they need to be punished for, for 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 running Joe Biden again. Someone who's obviously look. I don't think I don't think Trump is always always comes across as sane because sometimes the way he talks. But I don't think Trump has the cognitive issues that Joe Biden has. And I don't. I can't imagine the Dem- Democrats let a guy like that run again. It's just they let Biden run and he won. They let Fetterman run and he won. I mean, at some point, the Democrats have to be told you have to you have to run people at least that have both parts of their brain working, you know, yeah. both sides of their brain working. Yeah, between Biden, Kamala Harris, Pelosi, and Fetterman, I feel like these people are all competing to see who has more dementia. Exactly, exactly. You know, I mean, just so obviously, just obviously ridiculous people. You know who who shouldn't be nowhere near the the power they have. At some point, that party needs to be punished so they don't do that again. You know, so I would definitely vote for Trump this time. You know, I I, I couldn't do it last time, but I'll definitely do it this time. Trump and Biden will be war criminal versus war criminal. Um, but yeah, I feel like it's going to make everything worse again. Well, and as I as I said earlier in the show to Brady, how sad of a country is it that we live in that what we're going to be dealing with for the next year is a a Biden Department of Justice investigation against Trump and a House, a Republican House investigation against Biden. So over the next year, Karthik, we're going to be dealing with two investigations, one of one of the sitting president and one of the former president who's running again. It, it's just it's, it's it's so sad. It really is. sad. Yeah, I personally don't think that Trump is going to be indicted. There's, I think there's going to be zero chance because it just sets like a really bad president for uh, sorry, precedent. Let me be enunciate precedent. Yeah. For- politicians because really the only time that i can remember in current uh in like the last few decades where like a somebody powerful or rich went to jail is if they like steal money from other rich people that, that's why like uh, uh bernie madoff went to jail uh martin Shkreli, the farmer bro and also now uh, uh, uh elizabeth holmes went to jail because they all they are rich and they all stole money from rich people and also this ftx crypto people um it seems like yeah. they're gonna go to jail too but yeah so trump so far at least hasn't stolen any money from like the uh, uh, from other fellow rich people so far, at least. Um, but you, yeah, anyway. you, uh, do you think Hunter Biden will be indicted? Hunter Biden, um, he may, well, these people may be indicted, but it's just a question of whether or not they go to prison. That's uh, well, or, or or he'll be indicted for something. They'll do the Al Capone thing, where they'll indict him for something that's really small. You know, uh, like like yeah, hiring no, like hiring prostitutes can happen either because all these politicians' kids yeah. are criminals, like like, like Bob Menendez. From New Jersey has problems. Uh, also, Nancy Pelosi's kids have problems. Uh, I, I believe Mitch McConnell's kids also have lots of problems. So, no, I, I, they, they may be indicted. Who knows? They may pay some fine, but jail is just too far because it sets a really bad precedent for like all all these like politicians because they're pretty much all criminals at this point. It just sets a bad precedent because that, that's a Nancy Pelosi made more than a hundred million dollars in Congress. Um, you you don't do that unless you're a criminal. Like I was reading that Glenn Greenwood, you should. That Glenn Greenwald thing on Substack on his Substack, it's just you know, just people don't understand. They, I think people are so used to the idea of politicians like be getting rich while they're in office. Like this is a normal thing, right? Okay, it's not it's not a normal thing. It's not a normal thing, and it shouldn't be a like recent decades. What is that? Say that again. Sorry, it's it's only we've only gotten accustomed to it in recent decades, right? But like the last 20, 30 years, I think. But they're making more money than ever. I mean, she made one hundred and ten million while she was there. She made seventy million in fifteen. Yeah, 
insane. It's it's just it's it's insanely ridiculous, especially yeah. when everyone else is losing money, right? Yeah. Everyone- My- so uh, how come you made your show early, man? I- I'm used to talking to you uh, late night. Oh, oh, because I'm on the East Coast. I'm in Florida. I'm in the, I'm in the free state of Ron DeSantis right oh, now. Oh, did you move to Florida? No, no, just came for, just just for vacation and do a couple of things, you no. know. But but uh, so I since I'm here, I'm doing the show a few hours earlier. But I'll, next week I'll be back at some point to uh, do the regular hours. Are, are you visiting some family? I, yeah, I have family down here. I have friends down here. I went to that Fox Nation thing at the Hollywood at the Hard Rock Casino here. So enjoying the uh, 75, 80 degree weather, you know. So it's just you know Fox <laughs> Nation. You Fox News show filmed live. Fox Nation is that they've been doing it. This is the fourth year they did it. They do it at the Hard Rock. The streaming. Casino. Yeah, the streaming Fox Nation. You know the Fox Nation streaming. Yeah. So, so, so did you see like a show filmed live? No, no. It's a it's an award show. It's a, they do it once a year. It's a special oh, award. Okay. And they give, award, they give awards to people who do, you know, heroic things and patriotic things and that stuff. And, uh, you know, um, and so they, they, uh, they filmed it at the Hard Rock Casino and I was there. I went to see the, the to show. Yeah. No yeah, award did. for you? What's that? Say again? No award for you? Not yet. I think uh, maybe, next, yet, uh, maybe, maybe next year. Maybe next year. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's, it's possible. You never know. You never, never say never. It could be next year. You know, so before I go, do you think you'll ever leave the Bay Area? Because it's really weird, surprising to still uh, like find a guy like you living in the Bay Area. Uh, well, whenever I come to like uh, the free state of Florida, um, I never want to go back. But unfortunately, right now I have, you know, you know what it's like. Sometimes you can't just leave. So do you have a job there in the Bay Area. Um, well, right now, I mean, right now I'm, I'm working on building up this podcast, maybe getting back into radio, but. Yeah, let's put it this way. I don't. I don't see any future for myself in the Bay Area. I don't see any future for myself in the Bay Area. But I do have obligations there. You know, I have, you know, I have a roommate. I have obligations. I can't just pick up and leave. You know, so it's just not you know feasible right now. I hear you. Anyway, uh, good talk, Michael. Uh, talk to you later. Thank you, Karthik. I appreciate it. Always a pleasure, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. So yeah, I mean. Well, I never want, like I said, I've explained it this way a few times. It feels like I'm leaving, you know, I'm a prisoner and I'm getting my, my release for the weekend. You know, sometimes they let prisoners the towards the end of their sentence leave for a couple of days. That's what I feel like. I feel like I've like got the work release. I'm, I'm, I'm out of prison. I'm in free society. And then you have to go back to prison again. It's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling. So I'm working towards maybe moving to Florida. You know, I'm working towards moving to Florida. And even Ron DeSantis becoming president of the United States is not going to change California as long as people like Gavin Newsom and Nancy Pelosi are running it. It's not going to change. That's not going to make it any better, unfortunately. But let's not bitch and moan at the end of a show on a Friday as the weekend approaches. Um, I think I've pretty much covered everything that's going on. Yeah, uh, the new information, obviously, as Karthik was saying, is the special prosecutor. Yeah. All the anxiety we're going to have to go through now for this next year. It's, and, I, and I agree with the House. I think the House is supposed to be oversight. And I'm glad there's going to be oversight of, uh, of, the, of the Biden administration. I'm glad they're doing investigations. I want, I want most of the investigations to be about COVID and the origins and the COVID mandates and policies and what they knew and what they didn't know and the drug companies and, and Moderna and Pfizer and what they knew about the efficacy and all that. Not, I want all that out there. I want Fauci sweating. I want that... Fucker Fauci sweating in front of the house, in, in front of these committees on live television. That's what I. That's what I want. 
Um, but I know they're going to investigate Biden and Hunter Biden and mostly to see if the big guy, the big guy got any money out of this. That That's important also. I mean, there's been no oversight on any of this for the last, you know, well, four years, I guess they've controlled the House. But the last two years that Biden has been uh, president. So there needs to be oversight on the Biden. That's part of the House's job to be oversight. So I'm happy about that. But we are going to have these simultaneous investigations going on at the House going after trying to, you know, find out what's going on with Biden. And, and of course, uh, the Biden and Biden's uh, Justice Department investigating Trump. So, you know. Where, where, does, where does policy get done? That's what I'm wondering. In, in the middle of all that, does policy get done? I'd say absolutely no chance. All right, so as Carthage just mentioned, I am on the East Coast. I'm in Florida. I will still be here on my Monday, come Monday. So Monday night, once again, Monday night, make your plans accordingly. Look on the schedule of call, and I'll be on 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific. Okay, 11 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific on Monday night. All right? Everyone have a great weekend. I'm going to enjoy the warm weather in Florida. If you're in a place like Buffalo, watch out. Don't go out. Five feet of snow in 24 hours, that's 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 no joke. That's tough stuff. That's not fun, especially in the city. Um, so anyway, have a great weekend, everyone. Uh, the show is Unless Be Heard. My name is Micah Chopley, and I will see you right back here on Monday night.